Hi, I'm Anika. And I'm Ujbi, and you're listening to YA Book. In today's episode, we are going to be discussing A Court of Mist and Fury by Sarah J. Maas. So, how are you? Um, um, I'm good. I'm going to a beach place tomorrow. She's going to Goa. And I, I want to be her because I'm going to be in school, like, taking notes and stuff. Yeah, we have... Our school no. is weird, so we have holidays. And then we have internships. So it's cool. Yeah. And she has sports day. I have sports day. That'll be fun. And then I have a holiday on Monday. Okay, let's let's talk about books we've been reading. You go. Yeah. <laughs> I go. You. Okay, so first I read The Maze Runner, which... I read that a while ago, I think, between the last book and this one. So that is a... It's sort of like science fiction, fantasy, futuristic, dystopian, all of that stuff. And it's about a bunch of boys who are stuck in this artificial maze-like thing. And the newest boy... Okay, so Thomas is the main character. The book is from his perspective. And they all don't have any memories. They don't remember where they came from, what their actual names are, any of that stuff. And so I guess they have to find a way out of the maze. So the book was really good. It was, the writing wasn't like phenomenal, but it was definitely engaging. And I mean, the plot is pretty, pretty hooking from the beginning. So anyway, I, it was a good book and I would highly recommend it. I think it's part of a series. So I read The Thursday Murder Club by Richard Osman. So it's a book based in London or England, maybe London. It's about these four almost 80-year-olds who solve murders, like cold cases. So it's like they live in a retirement communi- community called Cooper's Chase. And so they all four meet up and they try to solve cold cases. It's, it's like, you know, just a fun bonding activity. And one day a brutal killing happens right on their doorstep. So they decide that they're going to help the police out. And I really like this book. It was it was published in 2020, actually, so it's pretty recent. And there it's a series, so there are two more books after this, and I'm probably going to read them. And I just like the way they investigated the murder and the way they kind of befuddle everybody, like these 80-year-olds who are just like, you know, just solving murders on the go. It's really, it's really, I really like the book, yeah. That sounds really interesting, actually. Yeah. I it's a really it, good book. You should probably read. It's on my TBR, I think. Yeah. So definitely at some point. Yeah. Uh, okay, so the other book that I'm going to talk about is a book I'm currently reading. It's called One Amazing Thing by Chitra Banerjee. And it's about a visa office in the US. And a bunch of people are in it. It's like the lunch break time, so they're just waiting, I guess. And an earthquake occurs. They're all stuck in there. They're very different, different ethnicities, different age groups. And I guess they bond or something because I, I don't know. I'm not f- far enough into the book to f- know. But but yeah, it seems pretty interesting so far. And I'm I'm liking the concept a lot. Uh, so yeah, what's your other book? The book I'm currently reading is Good Omens by Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman. It's like here it says, what was it like writing Good Omens? And in the foreword and they say, we were just a couple of guys, okay? We still are. It was a summer job. We had a great time doing it. We split the money in half and we swore never to do it again. We didn't think it was important. There's, there's such legends. So they basically, are... it's about how Armageddon, it's been announced now. And the two main characters called Crowley and Aziraphale. Crowley's a demon and Aziraphale's an a- angel. And they're on opposite sides, but both of them are 
trying to not let Armageddon happen because they don't want it to happen. And there's an Antichrist, which is, I'm not totally sure what that is, but I think it's some demon spawn, maybe. So I think the Antichrist is the catalyst for Armageddon. I'm not really sure. But I'm, I've only gotten like 50, 60 pages in. There's like humor in every line, okay? It's like insane. So let's actually get into the book we're supposed to be talking about. Yay! Uh, spoiler warning. Uh, yeah, we talk about the, everything and we assume you know what happens in the first book. Yes, you yes. should You should know. This is a series. Yeah. So Trigger warning. There's trauma. The main characters kill people, so... And um, there's um, sexual content. Okay, so at the end of the last book, basically, they've killed Amarantha. She saved her lover, Tamlin, and they're all free, basically. But no, Feyre is engaged to Tamlin, and she's... This is three months later, by the way. Yeah. So Feyre is engaged to Tamlin... And she is very traumatized by her experiences in Amarantha's court. She has nightmares every night. And she has so many regrets about killing those two fairies that she had to kill to escape the place. She feels a little bit trapped by this entire atmosphere of, like, parties and talking to people. And Tamlin is... He's very scared of her getting hurt again, so he's not really letting her help with the rebuilding efforts of after Amarantha, and he's not really letting her go anywhere. And she just feels really confused and sad. So there's also Ianti, who is a high priestess, who is Tamlin's old friend, and she has kind of taken it upon herself to help coordinate the affairs of the Spring Court, and she's basically the closest thing that Feyre has to a friend at the time. The wedding day approaches after a lot of different things and Feyre begins to walk up the aisle. However, Ianti, without knowing that red is a source of trauma for Feyre after Amarantha's red hair and blood and multiple things from the last book. Yeah, she's associated the color red with a lot of negative things. Yeah. There are red roses strewn around the aisle and Feyre completely freaks out or she gets really triggered and she kind of stops. And in her head, she's like begging, like she's like, oh my god, save me, help me, how am I supposed to do this? She's about to reject Tamlin because he's standing there and he's holding out a hand to her. And she's really scared. And then Risan shows up. So Risan came to save her. Yeah, since she unknowingly sent a message down the mental ball the, because of the bargain that they stuck in the last book. Which now, you should know about. You should know about yes. that. Yes, cool. Okay, so she went to the night court and she was like, wow, this isn't the place of torture and horror that I was told about and she stays in like a beautiful moonstone palace and Risan makes her lead by using messages like Risan is the most powerful hand high lord most handsome Risan is the most handsome hand high lord and all of that stuff and also to put up mental shields because in this world there are people who can just like read your mind yeah like Risan and her eventually yes they also at the night court tell her about the, the fact that she might have powers inherited from all seven high lords because they all gave her um a drop of their lifeblood to save her in the last book she meets Maud, who is risan's very bubbly pretty cousin then she goes back to the spring court where tamlin is furious about this bargain he's trying to do anything he can to stop it and then Tamlin and Feyre kind of have a fight. He kind of gifts her a very beautiful traveling paint set as a present and a kind of an apology or whatever. She's literally um, a trophy wife for Tamlin. And, and Feyre is not able to paint anymore because the trauma from Amarantha just kind of 
broke that part in her. Yeah, it broke that part of her. So they get into an argument about something, and Tamlin gets really mad and explodes the study with his yeah. power. Fera unknowingly puts up a physical barrier of air around her, so she's okay. Yeah, and that that air is she figures out later that it's um a power from the decor, I think. Yes. And so then after that, Tamlin apologizes again and again, and he says he'll relax centuries and everything, and he does. For a little bit, Reese comes back and takes her back to the night court because of their bargain. One week a month, just to spend in the night court, and she spends some time there. She reads, she learns how to put up mental shields properly, and when she comes back, the sentries are back in full force. So Tamlin's he said he would relax the sentries, but that didn't happen in the end. One time, there was some disturbance, I think, on the western border, maybe, and Tamlin and Lucian. We're going to investigate that. And Farah was so fed up of being stuck in the house, having nowhere to go, that she begged Tamlin to take her with him. And Tamlin, like, the whole thing about Tamlin and Farah is that he believes he has to protect her. He believes that it's the best thing for her, even while she's wasting away. So he doesn't let her come. Lucian doesn't listen to her, her pleas. And when she tries to follow, she finds that there's a wall of air blocking her from leaving the house. This brings back a lot of trauma for her. The fact that he's trapped her in the house. She kind of breaks down and wraps herself in darkness and fire. And nobody, Alice can't reach her. And then more comes and she takes her out of the house. Reese is waiting and they go back to the night court. Now since Pharaoh kind of makes up her mind that she's not going to go back, Reese takes her to Villaris, which is... His actual court, in a sense. It's the city of dreams. No one outside really knows about it in other courts in Prithian. And it's a place of beauty and art and light. It's the complete opposite of what people think of the night court. They think of the court of nightmares, which is also there in the night court, but it's very different. So she explores Valaris and she meets Azrael, Cassian, and Amarin. Azriel and Cassian are both Elrian, which means a brand of fae who have wings and they're warriors. And Amran is not entirely fairy. She was born as something else in another world, but she has a high fae form right now. And these three, as well as more, are part of Reese's inner, inner circle. The first time I read it, I really liked meeting all of them. Like, I really did. So... All of them talk about Highburn and the threat the king of Highburn poses to them and how he wants to resurrect Jurian. Reese and Feyre go to the bone carver to try and find out how the resurrection could happen. And that's due to the cauldron, which is like a cauldron <laughs> where all life kind of came out of it at the beginning and all magic. So Jurian could be resurrected due to the cauldron. And the only thing that could stop it is the Book of Breathings, which is split in two halves, one with the summer court and one in the mortal realm with the six mortal queens. So they go to the human lands and they meet Elaine and Nesta again, who are Feyre's sisters. They need a base in the mortal realm to contact the mortal queens. So they use their house as that base. So then Feyre, Rhysand and Amrin go to the summer court where they are going to try to steal the Book of Breathings from 
Tarquin, who is the High Lord there. So they spend a couple of days um in the court. Pharaoh actually kind of grows to like Tarquin, so she's very like, sad that she has to steal the books from him. They find out where the book is. They go there at the dead of night, steal it, and while they're leaving, the sun is he has those mind reading powers. So instead of just telling them that. they're not seeing this and that they're all innocent he accidentally knocks them out and that causes a great deal of clamor and they only just manage to get out they get sent blood rubies which are the equivalent of declaration of of enemies like yeah. you your enemies of some accord it's not good. we're going to hunt you basically yeah. they go back and they meet the mortal queens who want proof of, of Rhysand's uh, innocence or whatever that they can trust these people so then they go to the court of nightmares and they get the veritas orb which kind of guarantees that you're telling the truth mm-hmm. and in the court of nightmares fairer and Rhysand kind of they put on like a mask and they pretend like they're very different than they are and they kind of realize stuff about each other i guess so then they go to the illyrian war camps which are kind of training grounds for illyrian warriors And while they're there, Fero and Rhysand train in the mountains. And on one such training session, Lucian, who is Damlin's friend and the emissary of the Spring Court, he comes there. And Fero kind of has a very powerful moment where she turns him down his offer to go back to the Spring Court and shows him that she's not some like weak little thing. She's a powerful person. Fero and Rhysand kind of like they get closer together uh, in these months. They are flying one day when Rhysand looks as though he's about to tell her something. and then he gets struck down by ash arrows which are really bad for fairies because they're the only things that can legitimately hurt them uh it's an ambush by soldiers from hyber reason gets led away by these people and fero has to try to find him so she goes there she finally finds him takes down the guards and she begins to pull the arrows out of his wings and all of that and she has to he's not healing the poison is in his blood now so she has to go to find the solution so she goes to capture the surreal who she captured in the last book and now the surreal after giving her the antidote accidentally let slip like oh go save your mate and now fera is shocked because in this world mate means soulmate and she's like wow does risa know this so risa is her mate essentially she's really shocked and really mad that he didn't tell her this all this time so she goes there and she she gets him better and then she's like what like how long have you known that i'm your mate she interrogates him she's super mad he's like apologetic trying to like explain her all of that but she won't listen Yeah, so then they fly back to the war camp, and she just stalks off, and Moira takes her to this kind of cabin that they use as a mountain retreat. So she uh, gets taken there, and she spends a lot of days being angry, painting. But then after a while, she's kind of calmed down a little bit, and then Rhysand comes in. Rhysand explains basically his whole life story. I think when he found out she was his mate, and why he kept it from her. So there's this tradition that when the female gives the male food. it means that she's accepted the mating bond so while he's talking about his life she heats up soup for him and she tells him if by the end of this i will be heating the soup and i will give it to you if i want to after you've explained yourself so she does they she accepts the bond they go back to velaris and then they go to the mortal realm where they show the mortal queens velaris through the veritas which is an orb of truth it seems like the mortal queens aren't going to give them the other half of the book but when they leave they find out that the golden queen who's one of the mortal queens has left the half of the book in the place she was sitting so amron tries to start de- decoding the book cuz it's in a language only she can understand then one day uh they see an atter army coming which is basically a a bunch of flying fairies 
who come to Villaris and they realize that the mortal queens have betrayed their secret of Villaris because nobody else knew about Villaris for like 5,000 years. And then the golden queen is dead. She's impaled on a spire in Villaris. Fera kills the Atar. And then they all go to Highborn when the Book of Breathings is decoded. Then they go to the cauldron. Fera is not able to nullify its power because she's being influenced by these voices. And then Durian comes down the steps. Then the king of Highborn comes down the steps. And basically they're trapped. After that, Lucian and Tamlin come out of the shadows. They betrayed Prithian and the mortal lands just below it just for Tamlin to have Fera back, which is the most idiotic thing, the history of all books. The mortal queens are also there. They have Elaine and Nesta with them, which is a huge surprise for Fera because she thought they were safe. The cauldron can also make people into fairies and the mortal queens wanted to become immortal and have youth and all of that. And so Elaine and Nesta were meant to be the prototypes, the test subjects. So both of them go in the cauldron and both of them come out as fairies and you find out that Elaine is Lucian's mate. To get out of this, Feyre pretends to have been tricked by Reese after breaking all the wards so that everybody could get out so that she distracts everyone and that Reese and all of her night court friends can take her sisters and winnow away, which is a form of travel. So she pretends she's been tricked. She goes with Tamlin back to the spring court and they manage to escape all of them. And so now... She's a spy in the spring court for Reese because she wasn't tricked. He's her genuine mate. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the book. Thoughts. Let's move on to thoughts and any character idea, plot twist. So I think that Feyre fits in with the inner court of the night court. Specifically because she's viewed very differently than she actually is. And that's very similar to a lot of their experiences. All of them are kind of outsiders in some sense or the other. And... They've all been through a lot. And I feel like Fedor also fits that perspective. Like, she was an outsider in her own family. She was an outsider in the Supreme Court now because she she doesn't fit the ideologies of the Supreme Court anymore. She never really truly felt like she belonged. And honestly, I think that's what makes her feel like she belongs with them more than anything else as well. Because I feel like they all have some element of relatability because they all have been through a lot of different things. And, like, Cassian gets what it's like to be hungry and cold because he was an orphan. And and Maud gets what it's like to be in a very patriarchal society or area. And, you know, Asriel gets what it's, it's like to have complicated relationships with your own family and so does Maud. And I feel like they all understand her to an extent that the Supreme Court even doesn't. Yeah. So, I found it so sad when they betrayed Tarquin, who was the High Lord of the Summer Court. It genuinely seemed like he wanted a friendship and Reese also thought that. He was so devastated after they got sent the blood rubies because Tarkin was a high lord who actually wanted change. Like the difference between high fae and other fairies was very stark and it was cla- social classes in society today. Um, he wanted to bridge that gap. He was a high lord who actually wanted to do something to change the society he was in and he wanted... An alliance, I think. And the fact that that wasn't possible because they needed something was... If only the Book of Breathings was in another court, that would have been, like, the best. Yeah, so I also think that, like... And I think I mentioned this in the last book, that we fall in love with Prithian the way Feyre does. And I can properly expound on this now. 
because in the last book I couldn't see anything about the plot of this one. She also thinks about this, like when she first came into Prithvi and she was young and naive and she just needed a safe place. And I feel like we go on this journey with her because first she's like that, so obviously she falls in love with the first man she sees, which is Damlin, and and she loves him because she doesn't know that there can be anything else. She's honestly very inexperienced. I think she actually loved him, though. She did. As a human. I think that was And she was also like a different person then, and she loved him, and we also fall in love with Damlin. Right? And we love him for whatever she loved him for. And then, in this book, it's like, we also go on the journey with I I don't think either of us did, because I think we both got spoilers, but ideally you should go on a journey with her where she realizes that she's a different person now, and then she falls in love with Reese as a different person. Yeah. I mean, he's her mate, so that's also like a different kind of dynamic, but the idea. I also think the fact that no one really knew the real Reese. Like, even in the last book, I feel like if I didn't know what was going to happen or if I if that was the, a standalone book, I would have gone on kind of hating him, even though that's not the kind of guy he is. Uh, he's sweet and he's, he's not the person that everyone thinks he is. And the fact that everyone thinks he's cold, cruel, calculating, it just annoys me that most people don't know the person he is on the inside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't let them see for his people, for his city. I, can, I I think there's also a mirror between the three Illyrian men. That is Cassian, Azriel, and Lisan, And the Archeron sisters, which are Nesta, Aldane, and Feyre. Because I think that, like, honestly, it just really works between them. Like, Feyre and Lisan, because they're both very... They're both kind of the leaders in different ways and they've both kind of had to do a lot and also they're together. And then Cassian and Esther because they're both very strong personalities-wise in general. And and in this book, they actually like... Yeah, they fight a lot. They fight a lot because, again, strong personalities. And then, of course, there's Elian and Azriel who are kind of like the really quiet ones. Probably the most misunderstood ones. Like, Azriel is also very funny and nice and Elaine can also be strong in different moments so yeah okay favorite passages I think I don't have a favorite passage but I just wanted to talk about this whole starfall like night I found that it was like their last time together before they had to go to the Elrian war camp and they had to like start preparing for the wall and it was a night they could all let loose and it talks about how Azriel, Mor and Cassian were just dancing their hearts out and how Reese and Feyre had a very sweet moment upstairs. And Starfall is where they're like spirits in the sky, which look like stars, but they're actually, they're migrating kind of from place to place. And it happens every year at this one time. And it was just, I don't know, it was, it was just nice. This is in the Court of Nightmares, where they all have to pretend to be different people than they actually are. Because they need to uphold that persona for the Court of Nightmares. This is Reese's entrance when they're trying to steal the Veritas orb. And then Rhysand appeared. He had released the damper in his power and who he was. His power filled the throne room, the castle, the mountain, the world. It had no end and no beginning. No wings, no weapons, no sign of the warrior. Nothing but the elegant, cruel high lord the world believed him to be. His hands were in his pockets, his black tunic seeming to gobble up the light. And on his head sat a crown of stars. No sign of the male who had been drinking on the roof. No sign of the fallen prince kneeling on his bed. The full impact of him threatened to sweep me away. Here. 
Here was the most powerful Hallord ever born. The face of dreams and nightmares. Lisa's eyes met mine briefly from across the room as he strolled between the pillars to the throne that was his by blood and sacrifice and might. My own blood sang at the power that thrummed from him, at the sheer beauty of him. Reese has a very effective persona. He's amazing at disguises. It's insane. Okay, favorite minor character. So I like the Surreal, or we also like the Surreal. Uh, As we said, the last book, the Surreal is just, he's so legendary. He just enters and he's just like, you know what? Reese is your mate. Oh, you didn't know that? Oh, my bad. Bye. Yeah. I'm sorry. Now go deal with it. It's like, he's just, it's just legend. I just love, love people, him so people much. People on the internet love the surreal and there are like memes. It's like the surreal's like sipping tea. Like if you know what that means, he's like spilling tea and spilling the tea. Just like talk, like gossiping. I feel like it's really funny because the surreal is described to be this really disgusting looking character. Like absolutely scary. Mm. But Pinterest, I, I've just seen like memes on Pinterest where they're just like, surreals are just sitting around and like, they have like lipstick and like, nails. Like. They're just gossiping. It's so funny. It's like, we've taken this character that is objectively terrifying and we've turned it into our favorite yeah. character. The surreal is amazing. I also like Tarquin. Not yes. that much, but I think just the fact that he wanted change and the fact that he wanted to be friends and an alliance, I was like... Yeah, I just like Tarkin. Uh, so one thing we liked about the book? I like the love story between Feyre and Lisa. And I'm not joking. They just make me really happy because it's just... Lisa is, is a one of my favorite male characters in any book ever. And I just really love him. And I love that Feyre, like ends up with him. Okay, I'm not going to talk about what I liked. Okay, moving on. One thing we changed if we'd written the book. I think I would have made Feyre show a little more interest in Reese beforehand. I feel like it was a bit sudden, the amount of love and affection that came from her uh, towards him. I don't know. I think there should have been a bit more of a build-up. Yeah, that's that's all. Okay. I think I, I'm not going to talk about what I didn't like in the book. Welcome to Velaris, the city of dreams. Situated in the night court, Velaris has been a secret for a very, very long time. But since the secret is exposed to the mortal queens, our existence is known all around the world. We decided to put it up as a travel destination. Travel to Velaris and experience the four different palaces, like the Palace of Thread and Jewels. Walk down the rainbow, an artisan street filled with color and light. Excuse us if we're repairing a few buildings. We've just been recovering. Uh, okay, so moving on to songs that we think embody the book. Okay, my first song is Happier Than Ever by Billie Eilish. I'll just read out a few things. When I'm away from you, I'm happier than ever. Wish I could explain it better. I wish it wasn't true. Give me a day or two to think of something clever. To write myself a letter. To tell me what to do. Then another paragraph is here. So don't waste the time I don't have and don't try to make me feel bad. I could talk about every time that you showed up on time, but I'd have an empty line because you never did. Never paid any mind to my mother or friends, so I shut them all out for you because I was a kid. You ruined everything good, always said you were misunderstood, made all my moments your own, 
I feel like this is definitely Feyre to Tamlin. Like the whole thing of how he needed time and he needed space to recover from all the things that happened in Amarantha's court. The line always said you were misunderstood. He used that as an excuse to do all these horrible things to Feyre and yeah. And I feel like even when Feyre was going to the night court during the time she was still at the spring court, she genuinely was happier there but she just didn't know it. Yeah. Then another song is Every Breath You Take by The Police. So the lyrics are Every breath you take and every move you make, every bond you break, every step you take, I'll be watching you. Every single day and every word you say, every game you play, every night you stay, I'll be watching you. Oh, can't you see? You belong to me. Again, this is Tamlin about Feyre. He didn't let her do anything that he didn't know of. He monitored her and made sure she was, quotes, safe and protected, end quotes. And yeah, I feel like this just gives total him vibes. Another song is Dancing in the Moonlight by Top Loader. Uh, this, I'll just read the lyrics. When that moon is big and bright, it's a supernatural delight. Everybody's dancing in the moonlight. Then everybody's feeling warm and bright. It's such a fine and natural sight. Everybody's dancing in the moonlight. Those were two different phrases. And I think this encompasses Starfall and how everyone was just feeling peaceful and free and they were just dancing. It was just like a really lovely time, I think. So my first song is Sit Still Look Pretty by Daya. Now, this song is basically about, like, feminism, I guess. Oh, I don't know what you've been told, but this girl right here is gonna rule the world. Yeah, that's where I'm going to be, because I want to be. No, I don't want to sit still, look pretty. And then also, I know the other girls want to wear expensive things like diamond rings, but I don't want to be the puppet that you're playing on a string. This queen don't need a king. So yeah, just kind of encapsulates Feyre's experience in the uh, spring court after Amarantha's court and everything. Then also, all my songs are about Feyre and Tamlin, all the ones that are selected at least. The next one is The Archer by Taylor Swift. So The Archer is kind of about like not feeling seen and also not feeling like good enough. So I've been the archer, I've been the prey, but who could ever leave me darling, but who could stay? And then there's also Dark Side. I search for your dark side. But what if I'm alright, right, right, right here? And I cut off my nose just to spite my face. And then I hate my reflection for years and years. It's kind of about like self-sabotage and just not, I don't know, just sadness and angst. And I feel like Feyre just goes through a lot of negative things during those months that she spends in the spring court. And yeah. And then there's Exile, which I feel like is really fitting for this book. Exile is by Taylor Swift, featuring Bon Iver. Honestly, the whole song. And it took you five whole minutes to pack us up and leave me with it. Holding all this love out here in the hall. Uh, that's an actual scene in the book. Uh, when mm-hmm. Lisa comes to take Taylor and he takes her away in the hallway outside her room. So literally a scene in the book. And there's also So Step Right Out. There is no amount of crying I can do for you. All this time, we always walked a very thin line. You didn't even hear me out. You didn't even hear me out. So it's kind of like an argument. You didn't even hear me out. And then also the other person says you didn't even hear me out. Say Tamlin could say you never give a warning sign. 
And then the other person, maybe Fero, says, I gave so many signs. Yeah. Those are my songs. Okay. And TV or movie adaptations? I think we mentioned it last time. We did. There's a TV series coming to Hulu, but we don't know what's happening there because it's just been announced. Yeah. yeah. More books by the author. There's the rest of the series, which is A Court of Wings and Ruin and A Court of... Silver Flames. Silver Flames. There's also a book in between those two called The Court of Frost and Starlight. Yes. Yeah. That's like a mini book. Yeah. Then there's a Throne of Glass series and the Crescent City series by the same author. Okay, so moving on to the rating. So, how many decimal places, Anika? Uh, So, actually, this time I was reading the book, I didn't enjoy it as much as last time. It was... It took me quite a while to read it and it just felt like not the sort of book I wanted to read at that moment, basically. I rated it previously as 4.4. I think it would be lower now, but yeah. So I rated this 4.7. I am borrowing your slightly non-conventional decimal place vibe. Honestly, both times I read it, I breezed through it. Because I know it's just a very addictive book and I, I'm still really grateful to the book because it got me out of a reading slump I was in earlier, uh, like the first time I read it. But this time, I think I I enjoyed the love story slightly less and I enjoyed everything slightly less because as I'm not a huge fan of rereading in general mm. and I don't know, you always interpret it differently and this time I, I just didn't like it quite as much. Yeah. Yeah, that's the end, I guess. Well... We hope that you enjoyed that episode. Our theme music is by Silent Partner. Subscribe so you're updated on our new episodes and please share with fellow book lovers. We have a blog where we used to post weekly but now occasionally frequent or don't frequent (laughs) at all. But please check that out. We have a few posts. Uh, We also have a Spotify account where we've compiled some playlists for our previous books. The link to all of these things is in the description by the way. Next, we'll be reading A Court of Wings and Ruin, which is the next book in this series. Read ahead if you want, and we'd love it if you send us an email about your thoughts on the book, any other book we've done thus far, or recommendations for books. Our email is whybookpod at gmail.com. Yeah, you can email us literally anything book-related. We will feature you in the podcast if you're okay with that. Thank you for listening, and bye! Bye! My favorite male character in any book ever. Oh no, wait. Draco Malfoy exists.